What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that made the top two podcasts of 2021 with the word Sif Pop in the name. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your Sifties. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my number one co-host. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guests this week. I'm one trait of a dice for a Schweitz from being him. It's Aaron Schweitzer, ladies and gentlemen. It's me. Woohoo! <laughs> it's me. Woohoo! <laughs> And, it's a me. <laughs> and he's seen more movies this year than there are sands in the dune. Uh, it's Robert Buffard, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Look, guys, it's time for the sifties, and we are excited. Let me kind of give you the lowdown for what's going on here uh, today. We are doing a two-part live sifties show on youtube that you can watch uh that will be divided into two podcasts so if you're listening to the podcast you have part one right now and spoilers for part two are available for you at youtube if you want to go see (laughs) or you can wait till it pops up uh in your podcast feed for part two but we are excited we're going to do it uh very similar to how we've done it in the past and i'll give you a rundown of what's going on in this episode Uh, of the sifties we are going to start with our favorite non-movie pop culture moment of the year uh, 2021 then we'll get into our superlatives for movies for the year so we'll do biggest letdown um and biggest surprise uh and then we'll do uh overrated and underrated which we like to call not for me not for them um you know that way it's less of a judgment Uh, on the movie and more of an idea of what appeals to us and doesn't. And then we will finish off this episode with our top five television shows uh, of 2021. Any TV show that had a new episode that aired in 2021 is eligible uh, for that. So we will do our top five. Now, each category is going to work a little bit differently. Some of them we will just name our choice. Uh, most of them we will do nomination style. Um, so they aren't in any necessarily order as we give them. We are just saying we want to nominate in these categories. Once we have our uh, nominations, we've gone around. Uh, we will agree on what we believe is the best of that category. So 
I hope all that makes sense. It should make a little more sense as we get into it. Uh, we've got uh, four of us today, as mentioned. Uh, so this is going to be lots of lists. If lists aren't your thing, you know, see you in three weeks. Well, you know, like <laughs> this is this is bye, Danae. <laughs> that's right. This is what this is what this week and next week are about is naming our favorites, and we're excited to get into it. So let's go ahead and kick it off. With our favorite non-movie pop culture moment of 2021. This is a category where you just get to pick one. Um, so each of us will have one of those. And guests will go with Robert starting us off. What is your favorite non-movie pop culture moment of 2021? So this is just picking one. It's not nomination. Correct. Right? Correct. So then I would have to go with the season three finale of Succession. Um, nice. Specifically the last five or ten minutes. <clears throat> There's a lot of great stuff that goes on in the entire season, but it all builds to this last uh, bombshell of, of a finale with reveals and moves and character moments. Uh, I was just hooting and hollering the whole time. It was so great. It's a great choice. Great choice. Andrew, what about you? Uh, let's go with We Got the Moves, Eskimo Cowboys song that came out last year. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's so good. It's funny it's it's metal it's boy band it's everything that you could possibly think of in one music video and it somehow it makes it it works i don't know how it works but it really does uh aaron what about you uh let's kick things off with uh euphoria special f anybody who's not a c-blob oh okay I, i like the first special better but it came out december 2020 Ah, uh, this one was still really man. good. Yeah, that's I do like that first special uh, better, and I am so far behind on television right now. Like I haven't gotten into the new season of Euphoria, um, but I'm st- I'm so playing catch up from award season still. It's ridiculous. Uh, but um, but yeah, man, that show is is kind of next level on a lot of ways. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the Broadway play. I got a chance to see Jeff Daniels in To Kill a Mockingbird uh, on Broadway, uh, which is Sorkin's... Was Atticus? Uh, yeah, as Atticus Finch. Um, and uh, Sorkin scripted uh, an adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird, and it's playing on Broadway, and uh, Daniels is, is Atticus. And it was astonishing. Like, it was just to be in the room uh, for that was just so much fun. And man, Sorkin's just got my number. Like he just he just knows how yeah. to tell stories in a way uh, where the dialogue is just you know uh, owns me. Um, so and thematically, he understands themes and all the stuff that that I enjoy. So yeah, so that was my uh, non movie PC moment of the year. Well, um, I can't wait for that to get adapted to the movies because you know that's going to happen. I don't know, man. I guess it would be. I would be more. I guess I would expect more that they do like what they did with Hamilton. If, you know, like they'll do uh, some sort of mm. live record of it for the stage. Because it's built for the stage. It's genuinely built for the stage. Like it, it would have to be adapted again as a movie, which he could do. Um, but yeah. There you go. Uh, that is, those are our favorite uh, non-movie pop culture moments. Let's get into the superlatives. We will be nominating in each of these categories. We'll each have three nominations. That means there will be 12 choices when we pick uh, our finished product. Um, so let's start with Aaron this time. What was one of your... What do you nominate for biggest letdown of 2021? A movie you were expecting high things from and you just got let down. 
Um, the biggest letdown for me of the year is uh, the animated movie for Injustice. Uh, it's a comic run that is one of my favorite of all times. Uh, really incredible video games from it. And uh, yeah. this movie is nothing like it, and it's 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 awful for all the wrong reasons. All right, Injustice on the board. Uh, I agree. Andrew, what do you want to nominate? Uh, easily the biggest letdown of the year was The Matrix Resurrections. All right. I mean, I mean, I was so stoked for that, and it's infamous now, my disdain for that movie. So Right, right. Now, I will say, as we're nominating things, we don't have to say if there are biggest, because we might be spoiling conversation later when we start talking about it, but it's, it's mm. you know... I don't think anybody would be surprised, Andrew, that The Matrix yeah. Resurrections was your biggest letdown of the year. Uh, I'll nominate next. Um, I'm going to go with Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I was really expecting a lot out of that. And, uh, man, I was just I was so disappointed in so many of the choices that they made with that. As much as I love the music in that, the movie was a huge disappointment for me. So that is my first nomination. Robert, what's your first nomination? I'll have to go with uh, probably the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, for me, I wanted this to be a lot better. Um, I don't know both Aaron's really love it, but I, or at least Aaron Dice really loved it. Um, <laughs> for me, I, I'm always interested in that kind of movie, uh, religious type, um, especially with Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield, and it just didn't really do it for me. It kind of missed the mark in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron, I think that brings us to your second nomination. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if I even have a third. You guys are clearing my list. Um, um, all right. Uh, let's go with uh, a movie sequel that does everything wrong that the first one did so right. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Okay. I love the first one. Um, and this one, no. All right. Uh, yeah, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, it's just... It took a lot of lessons from the first one that weren't the lessons I wanted it to take from the first one. If if that's a good, I didn't hate it, but um, but yeah, it it definitely missed uh, the mark for me as well. Um, Andrew, what's your second nomination? I'm gonna go with the Eternals. Good call. Hmm. Uh, it's just such a com or a compact or not compact. Uh, so much trying to happen in one single movie too many actors it's it was a mess uh for my second nomination i'm going to go with uh the card counter uh for yep. for my second i was i man oscar isaac uh you know tiffany uh, haddish poker movie tiffany haddish uh, Schrader, like Paul Schrader, like I just this was like going to be amazing, and then it was the opposite of amazing for me. Um, we so we I had, hated that movie. When yeah, we reviewed it. yeah, I we really did. It. It's been interesting. It's getting a lot of, or it has gotten a lot of awards love from some people I really respect who have watched it later in the year, like you know after it's been out for a while and you know just kind of been under the radar. And this is a, a thing that happens sometimes with movies that initially get kind of more negative reviews is people will watch them and go, actually, guys, this isn't that bad. And every time somebody says that, I'm like, yeah. no, it really kind of is. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, so anyhow, Card Counter is my second nomination. Uh, Robert, what's your second nom? Uh, I got to go House of Gucci. Even though I yeah. love, really like to love about eight Ridley Scott movies and then 
like five to eight more are still kind of good. This one just missed the mark again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final nominations. Uh, Aaron, kick us off. What's your final nomination for biggest letdown of 2021? Let's go with Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. I am a huge Tom Clancy fan. Michael B. Jordan's great. Taylor Sheridan doing the script. Uh, um, I can't remember the director's name, but he did Sicario too. Um, lots, lots positive going that way. Yeah. And the movie comes out, and it's it's lost in the '90s, and uh, it's outdated, and it's bland and boring, and it sucks because I love that character. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. I'm with you on that one, uh, Andrew. Your final nomination for biggest letdown of 2021. Dune. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Shade. Hey, listen, you nominate what you want to nominate. It's not a complete movie. You're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's not a complete movie. Neither is Fellowship of the Ring. But it's the best Uh, incomplete movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Okay. We had this discussion whenever we did the actual review. Yeah. Whenever they're finished making all the Dune movies, and I can watch them chronologically all at the same time, I'm sure I'm going to love them. And I'm Mm -hmm. going to be, you know, blown away by Denis Villeneuve because he's my favorite director right now. Mm. But as it stands at this moment... Dune is not a complete movie, and therefore I was let down. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, My final nomination for biggest letdown of 2021 is Halloween Kills. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. You were expecting good? I guess, yes. I mean, no, that's fair, Andrew. That's fair. I guess I wasn't expecting good, but it's so bad that it's still like a letdown. (laughs) I was expecting mediocre, and it's so bad that it still qualifies as one of my, my biggest letdowns. It is a terrible movie, and it should not be that terrible. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's my final. And then, Robert, finish us off. What is your final nomination for Biggest Letdown? As a big Edgar Wright fan, this one hurts, but I have to say Last Night in Soho. Yeah. No, that's a good call. It just... I, I don't think it worked on any level for me other than visual. Um, but other than that, it's just not good to me. Yeah. Uh, that was my first runner-up. Yeah, um, my first runner-up was Coming to America, uh, which is uh, another one that just kind of flew under the radar. All right, so we've got our 12 nominees here. Uh, I will read them out. Uh, We've got Injustice, Eyes of Tammy Faye, Halloween Kills, The Card Counter, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, The Eternals, House of Gucci, Without Remorse, Dune, Last Night in Soho, Dear Evan Hansen, and The Matrix Resurrections. Um, I think we can mark off ones on the list that one of us loves. Uh, that that should be you know you know kind Dune. of the first to go. So Dune's not obviously not going to win. Um, I think I like Eyes of Tammy Faye enough that that's not going to win. Uh, I love I Last love Night in Soho. I have to say that. <laughs> you said, Aaron, did you say you love Last I Night? I love in Soho? Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Last Night in Soho is probably out. Uh, Robert is a, loves the Re- Matrix Resurrections, so yeah. that one is probably out. Um, he's More on that later. The, he's getting the side eye from Andrew right now. <laughs> um, so that doesn't leave us with a lot. Uh, you know, Matrix probably would have been my number one choice. Uh, but number two probably would have been last night in Soho. So, um, I mean, I think we all can probably find some common ground with Dear Evan Hansen, right? It just depends on if any of us were excited about it, which I was. I I wasn't expecting anything from that. Yeah, yeah. that's the so, hardest. That's the hard part of that one. 
I would yeah. say Eternals? Eternals or Card Counter. Yeah. Yeah, Eternals might be the choice. Did I mean? Did any of us love that movie? And no. it's, I mean, and it's Chloe liked, Zhao doing I Marvel. Far from loved it. But yeah. I mean, I think I would think maybe even Card Counter would be the bigger letdown because I, I straight up haven't even seen it because, like, I, and I should have right because Oscar Isaac and uh, yeah. uh, Paul Robert. Uh, what did you think of Paul Card Schrader? Counter? Yeah, I was I was with you where I everything led up to me wanting to love it and I just didn't. And Andrew, you, you didn't. We both hated Card Counter. We hated maybe, it. Maybe yeah. Card Counter is maybe that's the choice. Then I feel bad, yeah. Aaron, because you haven't seen it. But well, um, but I haven't seen it on purpose. Right, like, right. Like that might be part of the equation. I think we're right. I think it's either Eternals or Card Counter. Um, yeah. Here, here's here's how I'm thinking it. Like Eternals. It was a letdown, but it was still kind of a. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Card yeah. counter is just horrible. All right, all right. And I was, you know, I think, and I think that's where all three of us land on card counter is like we were expecting so much, and it was so bad. Yeah, I personally wouldn't say so bad, but I wouldn't say good either. So I, I would still. Well, agree you also like the Matrix. So. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew no longer trusts your movie opinions at oh, all yeah. now. So no, I, I'm joking. Yeah. yeah, let's keep a tally uh, for how many times the twenty twenty one fifty for biggest letdown goes to the card counter. Uh, so yeah. congratulations, uh, congratulations to all involved. <laughs> you won a sifty this year. Uh, all right, let's move on to biggest surprise of 2021. This is the opposite. We weren't expecting necessarily a lot out yeah. of it, and then it kind of blew you away. Let's do nominations in reverse order this time. So, Robert, uh, kick us off. What is your biggest surprise first nomination of 2021? I want to say this one before anyone else has a chance, so I'll say <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, yeah. All right. I that was, my was second. not expecting anything from it, and I actually really, really like it. And the more I think about it, the higher in my estimation it goes. Yeah. All right. All right. Zack Snyder's Justice League is nominated. Uh, I guess that means I go next. Uh, I'm going to nominate Cop Shop. Um, this yeah, came, that this, was on mine too. This came out of nowhere and kind of blew me away. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Cop Shop for my uh, first nomination. Um, so I think uh, I forget what order we. D- Andrew, I think we're Andrew. You would go next. Uh, I'm going to go with. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to go with Barb and Star. <laughs> no, that's a great choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a great go. choice. Totally. I mean. There are. We're going to be talking about it later in a movie moments, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's so it's so ridiculous, and it's one of those movies that I, as I watch it, I'm like, is this the dumbest movie I've ever seen, or one of the funniest? <laughs> and the answer is both. It's both. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, you know, Barb and Star is is uh, is is lots of fun. That's a great choice for biggest surprise. Uh, okay, Aaron, what is your first nomination for biggest surprise of 2021? Yeah, let's talk about Don't Look Up. Um, the the when I had seen Don't Look Up, the only people that had it rated higher than three stars was Dicer, uh, and I loved. You're Don't welcome. Look Up, You're so, welcome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, big surprise because I, w- I went in with no expectations um, and really loved it. So, yeah, I have been I have been very encouraged by the the more people seeing it that kind of feel the same way I do. I really thought I was an, on an island with this. I really mm-hmm. felt like because all of my critic friends hate this movie and I'm, tr- you know, like I'm trying to figure out 
like I said on the review, I think I think maybe it's the satire thing. Like it's hard for satire to really like true hardcore hard biting satire to really work in twenty twenty two because we kind of live in a satirical world in a lot of ways. Um, but no, I think uh, I think don't look up is is a great choice for biggest surprise. Uh, all right, on to second nominations. Robert, what is your second nomination for biggest surprise of twenty twenty one? I have to go with Pig because Good that's one I was. All I knew about it was that it's Liam or not Liam Neeson, <laughs> Nicholas Cage's um, right. Pig gets taken, and I was expecting something Liam Neeson, and I went in and came out in tears. So yeah uh, yeah that it was one of my favorites of the year and one of the one of the best biggest good choice it's a good choice uh let's see for my second nomination for biggest surprise of the year i'm gonna go with west side story spielberg's west side story um i uh i was not expecting i i I am not uh, as as most people know who have listened i am not the person that's like why do you make this movie? Like, make whatever movie you want to. I'll watch it and make yeah. my decision. But still, I went into West Side Story going, I'm not expecting anything other than, you know, West Side Story told by Steven Spielberg. Uh, turns out, Steven Spielberg telling West Side Story is pretty amazing. Like, he's an incredible director. I don't know if you know this. He tells stories very, very well. <laughs> um, crazy. There are some shots in this movie that are just, like, I just want them on my wall. Um there's there's the one where the gangs are approaching each other and their shadows are intertwining and I'm just like oh yeah. cinema give me more into my veins <laughs> uh, so yeah West Side Story has so many of those moments it is Romeo and Juliet which is a powerful story in and of itself it is you know um, Sondheim who's just incredible at you know making music and then it's Spielberg like I, I just it's Shakespeare. Sondheim and Spielberg. Like what? Is, like how did I not expect this to be amazing? Uh, so yeah, West Side Story uh, was definitely up there for me. Um, all right, uh, next nomination from Andrew. That's uh, my final one because <laughs> it took all the others. Uh, I'm gonna go with Free Guy. Oh, nice. the reason okay. I had that too. I, I'm going with Free Guy because I, as I was watching the trailers, I was thinking in my head, this is either gonna be really funny or it's going to tank. And the more I watched, I'm like, yeah, this is probably going to tank. But no, they stuck the landing. This is a really funny movie with a really interesting premise that actually has something to say. Mm -hmm. Did not expect that. I was expecting Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds for an hour 50. And Mm -hmm. he is Ryan Reynolds, you know, being Ryan Reynolds. But the movie itself is actually saying something. I think if they kind of fleshed out the Taika Waititi character a little bit more... The movie will be elevated that much higher, but uh, I'm still surprised it was as good as it was. I think that's fair. I think it, I think it fits really well in this category. Um, you mentioned Taika, and I, I immediately was was like, oh yeah, that's the thing I didn't like about that movie. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that Taika performance floored me in a bad way. I, I just I I didn't know what he was doing there. Um, but uh, but yeah, the movie was a really pleasant surprise. Um, Really glad that's on the list. Um, all right. I think, Aaron, that means we're to your second nomination. What do you got? Yeah, uh, along the same lines of movies that we've seen promotion for two years, and there's no way you could ever possibly uh, like it because of that. Uh, the Kingsman. Ah, uh, I, don't, I, th- I don't love this movie, but two years of promo, like, just tired of it. And I was surprised how much I liked it. I, I'm with you. 
Uh, I think the Kingsman is, in my opinion, the best Kingsman movie. Um, but but I don't necessarily like the first two as much as a lot of people do. Um, I think this one tamps down some of his tendencies just enough that I can buy into this world. It feels more. Um, it, it feels to me like a, a great uh, balance of backstory and fan service, um, you know, and with an emphasis on the backstory because I, you know, the world building here is, is I think really good. So, um, yeah, the Kingsman, I think is a good choice. Good choice. Uh, all right. Final nominations for big, I found a third. Good job. Good job. I knew (laughs) you would. I had faith in you. Uh, Robert, what is your final nomination for biggest surprise of 2021? There's a few I'm trying to choose between, but I think I'm going to go with the harder they fall because, I typically am not really the biggest fan of Westerns, um, and I saw the two-hour, 20-minute runtime or whatever it is, and I was mm-hmm. like, I just wasn't very excited to, to start it. But by the end, I there was so much style to it. It was saying a whole lot. I loved each one of those characters. Um, yeah, it was just so much fun to watch, and I, I can see myself watching it a lot more uh, down the road in the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good choice. Very good choice. Uh, my final nomination for biggest surprise, um, both, uh, I have two that I'm thinking of and I'm trying to decide between, so you're, you're listening live to my de- decision-making process here. <laughs> They're both kind of in the same category. It's not that I was expecting them to be bad. They're both projects I didn't know ex- were going to exist and came out of nowhere to be some of my favorite stuff that happened in 2021. I think I'm going to go with Bo Burnham's Inside uh, here as my as my choice. Um, and just as I just mentioned, like I just you know Bo Burnham to me was the guy who did Eighth Grade and kind of blew my mind. I knew he was a comedian. I knew he was kind of an internet celebrity kind of thing. Um, I did not know he was this powerfully deep, introspective, and this talented at what he did in inside just absolutely blew me away. So I went from like no expectations because had no clue to, Oh my goodness, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, so I think it has to kind of go in this category for me, uh, for biggest surprise of 2021, uh, final nomination for you, Andrew, what'd you find? (laughs) I found the tomorrow war. Oh, okay. I was, I was not expecting much from this movie. Um, but you know what? I had a great time, and the creature effects in this movie are astounding. The creature design true. is so cool. I really, I do the, love the creature design in this movie. It's amazing, yeah. It, it's really good. And whenever you have a good creature like this, it helps elevate that fear and tension level. Like the first time, you know, they go back, and, you know, we haven't seen it yet. So our entire... Think our entire mindset going is it could be anything and it turned out to be just as horrifying as we'd imagined so yeah good on you i i have i had a lot of fun with this movie the last 15 minutes i mean but you know what i I still like this movie a lot all right fair enough fair enough tomorrow war is your final nomination and aaron give us the final nomination for biggest surprise of 2021 yeah, uh, I'm teetering between two that are uh, both in my top ten, but I'm going to go with this one because I expected this to be on the okay to liked it somewhere around there, uh, and I firmly am in love with Cruella. Yeah, I think that's a good choice here. Absolutely, is, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, Cruella is um, Cru- Cruella's one of those that it feels like you almost expect it just to be Disney kind of doing their typical 
you expect it to be Maleficent, right? And I'm not saying Maleficent is a bad movie. I'm Maleficent, actually, the first Maleficent is actually pretty good. Um, but this is a little better than pretty good. This is really well done. I think Emma Stone yeah. brings it up a notch. Um, I think her performance is pretty incredible. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to love in this movie. So I think that's a, that's a good choice for Biggest Surprise of 2021. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, we do have 12 nominees once again. Uh, here they are. In no particular order, uh, Cruella, The Harder They Fall, The Tomorrow War, The Kingsman, Don't Look Up, Cop Shop, Free Guy, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Barb and Star, West Side Story, Pig, and Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, where do we want to start the conversation? I We could start in the same place. If there are movies on this list that one of us doesn't like, then that probably uh, should come off. But I don't know that there are many of those. Like, I mean, The Tomorrow War, I'm not a huge fan of. So sure. that's probably not going to win. Well, um, remember, I, I, you guys picked all my others. So I was scrapping it, or scraping the bottom of the barrel to find something that was uh, surprising, at least. I'm, I'm also going to put a little bit of damper on the Justice League thing in that yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't as sold on it as a lot of people were. Um, yeah. Well, so, Robert, you've earned your spot back in my graces because <laughs> I'm with you. Snyder Cut was my second pick. For like most surprising, mm. Aaron, I will say you did pick my number one, and that was West Side Story. How, might be. How do you guys shocked. feel about West Side? Uh, I have it in the next category. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Well, that answers that question. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I also do have to damper. Don't look up because yeah. I didn't love it. I mm-hmm. didn't hate it, but I don't think it's okay. really all right. great. All right, we're whittling it down. We're whittling it down. Um, Barb and Star? Uh, any? I mean, I didn't get around to it until after it had been so talked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, like, other than that, right? Like, I, I, What about like, Pig? I, I don't know. It doesn't fit this category, but I really I liked it. I haven't seen right? Pig. I, but Pig's a list of shame for me. Oh, so two of us haven't seen Pig, so we probably shouldn't choose yeah. that. Uh, Bo Burnham, Inside? See, Robert and I are really familiar with Bo Burnham right. before yeah, Inside. Oh, okay. So all right. I knew all right. we were great. both really excited right. for it. Yeah. Cop Shop? <laughs> you know what? I think Cop Shop, if you guys have seen it, is a yeah, great I have seen it. It's a great pick. It, it kind of let Cop me down Shop, only because but... you guys talked it up so much. Okay. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> we're running out. What's <laughs> uh, left? I mean, the harder they fall, I'm not as high as you guys are on. Um, Robert, what's your thoughts on the harder they fall? Were, it, I think yeah, it was his I, nomination. It was your nomination, yeah, it was nomination. wasn't it? Aaron, yeah, Aaron then, I what are your it. thoughts on the harder they fall? I just wish that the middle act was anywhere near as good as that's the me. surrounding that's acts. That's me. Yeah. yeah, that's me too. It, it, I, I mean, I liked it, but also like it had been so talked up. I didn't get around to it until like first week of January, so... Uh, it's it's not, it wouldn't be a bad pick, um, especially if it was like I had no knowledge of it beforehand. If I'd know, right? It's kind of same thing with Barb and Star, right? If I had just seen it out of the blue, which I probably wouldn't have seen Barb and Star out of the blue. Yeah. Um, what you guys? What were your thoughts going in on Free Guy? Oh yeah, uh, over it. Um, yeah, yeah. You were overhyped on it. No, I was over seeing all the marketing for it. I thought there's no mm. way I'm gonna like this movie. And then you did. And did you? And I, I really liked it. Yeah. Robert, your thoughts on Free Guy? I was middling going into Free Guy, and I was uh, low side of like it coming out. So yeah, yeah, man, it just it feels like mm, 
I don't like Free Guy for the choice in this category. Like that's fine. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel quite right. It's because it's just it's not uh, that that kind of movie for me. For some um, reason, well, I think Barb and Star is the good pick for this. Well, let's 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 toss up Corella for a second. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. I would. I would definitely go with Cru- go for Cruella because I was not expecting anything, even though I love Emma Stone, but I really, really liked it. It was high up for me. Andrew, how do you feel about Cruella? Well, you know how I feel about live-action remakes. Now, granted, this mm-hmm. isn't a remake. It's more along the lines, like you said, of Maleficent, but mm-hmm. I was surprised by how much I like this movie. Uh, the, the Devil Wears Prada element of it was, you know, an intriguing yet smart way to go. But at the same time, the difference between uh, Emma Thompson's uh, character and uh, 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 Brain Help uh, from Devil Wars Prada, <laughs> Meryl Streep's Meryl character. Streep. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, so one of them is just an awful person. The other is a psychotic murderer. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a little bit of a difference there. But, uh, yeah, I like Cruella. I really did. The, the costume design is out of this world yeah that's pretty incredible um it sounds like we may be landing here i will say uh i I think i'm willing to go this route of the 12 we nominated i probably have it at eight in this category like that doesn't mean i don't like the movie it's just like it yeah it doesn't feel like a huge surprise like a like the gap of surprise is really big as it is with some of these others um did somebody hate barb and star because I really I just feel- didn't see Barb and Star, but from everything I've heard, it sounds like it perfectly fits this category. Well, I think it was Aaron was kind of you were. It's it's just I didn't see it until after you guys had reviewed it, yeah. and everybody I know had loved it, and so like I, it just doesn't fit that category for me. But right. I think it fits this category overall. I'd be happy with that pick. I think that's the pick. I think Barb and Star is the pick. Um, that feels right for this category for the sifties. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and lock it in. Uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Congratulations to being the biggest Seagull surprise hear my <laughs> of 2021. Uh, there you go. All right. We can move into the overrated category, which we like to look at this as movies that I didn't get uh, that everybody else seemed to get. Um, so we will start the nominations. Uh, let's see. I'll start the nominations this time. Um, my most overrated movie of this is always, by the way, these categories are always the worst because you're going to say something that somebody that pretty like the definition of the category is that the other three people likely like this thing you're going to say is overrated. Like that's the definition of what's going on here. Um, my blood's already boiling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to nominate red rocket. Uh, for this category, I do not understand the the love for this movie. Um, uh, I get that Simon Rex has charisma. I also think that charisma is a downfall of this movie. Not hmm. a good thing about this movie because he he is a terrible person, and uh, the movie doesn't seem to reckon with that in any kind of serious way, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to nominate Red Rocket as uh, one of the most overrated of 2021. Um, we will go with Andrew next. What do you got? Uh, movies that let me down are kind of like the. it just wasn't for me. Or is that a different category? No, yeah, it just wasn't for you. It was for most other people, but it just wasn't for you. Yeah. Okay, let's go with Army of the Dead. Okay. I'm done with zombie movies. 
<laughs> that's my thing. All right. And I I am in the minority on that. I can't, I get it. But yeah, it's just it wasn't for me. Yep. Uh Robert, what about you? The Suicide Squad. Um it seems like everyone loved this and I really hated it. It tried to bring humanity but also at the same time have its cake and eat it too with the gore and laughing at the violence and all that mm-hmm. and just the lowest common denominator toilet humor just none of it worked for me well you know i agree with that so uh so yeah uh i think the suicide uh, squad is a good choice for uh, overrated uh aaron that brings us to you what's your first nomination for overrated yeah, I think I'm going to have to change the way I define this as movies I just need to rewatch. It's um, <laughs> sure fair. Uh, we'll go with the one that's already spoiled, West Side Story for me. I left the theater very, uh, probably in the hate it camp. Um, I, I was unfamiliar with the story or the music. I thought most of it was pretty uninspired to me. I'm, I know I'm wrong in that. Um, Ansel Elgort is just bad in this movie, and his, he has no chemistry with the lead uh, female, the Maria character. Um yeah, lots that I didn't like about this on the first watch. I I think I need to see it again. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the complete opposite. Uh, all right. West Side Story officially nominated as overrated. Uh, let's see. I guess it's time for my second one. And I will go with... I'm going to go with Come On, Come On uh, here. Oh, I have this too. Um, I, I don't get the love for this. I get that Joaquin Phoenix is always fun to watch. Um, I, I get that kids are, you know, uh, when you get a good kid's performance, that's always something special. I don't get the black and white here. I think it's, there's, there's some real pretension in some of these scenes. Uh, and that, that's a, that's an instinct. That's a feel. I get that. Like, that's not some sort of, um, substantial, uh, objective kind of thing, but, um, but yeah, I just I feel the pretension more than I feel the any kind of feels um, from this. So come on, come on is my next uh, nominee, Andrew. What's your second nominee in this category? Well, it was going to be come on, come on, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Spencer. Oh, well, you know Ouch. that's how this that's how this cat- category. It works. sure is. Yeah. That is exactly yeah. how this category works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she, she's given a great performance in this movie. My problem with this movie is that this movie says its issue at the beginning of this movie, and it just continues to repeat the same message over and over and over and again, that she is just not comfortable with this lifestyle. She doesn't want her kids in this world, and that she just doesn't feel like she belongs. Mm-hmm. But it says that for two hours, and it never said anything new for me. Yeah, So. yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Robert, what's your second nomination for overrated movie you just didn't get? A Quiet Place Part 2. Okay. Um, I as, as time goes on, I'm less and less high on the first one, and then this second one just kind of amplified all of the worst parts of the first to me. Um, to me, every, every single frame, I can just feel John Krasinski being like, I'm not Jim from The Office anymore. I'm more talented <laughs> than that. Yeah. Um, so it just rubs me the wrong way. All right, Robert, you and I—we got a roller coaster going on here. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what's your second nomination for overrated or movie you just didn't get that everybody? Yeah, else look, I'm just going to toss out another one that's for sure going to be eliminated as soon as we try to nominate uh, the Green Knight. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think this is this is a movie I, I left the man. theater actively hating, and uh, I, I was unfamiliar with the Sir Gawain story, so. 
uh, after understanding the story, I think I have an appreciation for this film, but I still almost fell asleep in the theater. Mm-hmm. I was bored to tears. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know that I'll revisit this one, but I, I at least can appreciate it. Yeah. But not for me. Uh, all right. Green Knight nominated for Most Overrated of 2021. My final... You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> my final nominee uh, is Nightmare Alley. Um, would be my final nominee for movie I didn't get. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise. Guillermo del Toro and I haven't um, haven't always meshed. So uh, I, I, I hear a lot of people saying that this is the first GDT movie that they like. So oh, that's, that's interesting. Me. No, yeah. I I the things I I don't vibe with with him are very prominent in this movie. Yeah. His his love of darkness and grime and like all that stuff is i just i i doesn't appeal to me in the way it seems to appeal to him and yeah i i like i want him to things. make more pacific rim type movies that's You're what weird i want from him yeah yeah uh andrew what's your final nomination in this category uh not for me uh this is also it's going to be one of those where everybody's just going to go clutch their pearls <laughs> i'm going to go with the eyes of tammy faye there you go uh, I mean, great performances, but the movie itself, it, 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 it left me wanting. And it's just, there were jumps in time that were hard to follow. Like, okay, how far are we in, in from the last scene? And there was just no, no easy way of following everything. So. You're right. I'm clutching my pearls uh, about the eyes of Tammy Faye, but uh, the Spencer pick, I was crunching my pearls. Uh, so, you know, that's <laughs> swallowing. It's totally, totally different. Uh, no, seriously, though, uh, I totally understand this choice. Robert, I think you're kind of on the same page, right? Because then you have this yeah. in uh, Biggest yeah. Letdown. So, yeah, um, eyes of Tammy Faye, totally get it being here uh, for a lot of people. Uh, Robert, uh, I think we're ready for your final nomination. So, honestly, for this year, I mostly agreed with the consensus for a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I kind of just have to double down on Last Night in Soho because okay. I don't have anything else. Um, I just, <laughs> I yeah, again, I just didn't really love it, especially with the standard Edgar Wright has set for himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron, final nomination. Uh, I have two left, and one of them is overrated, and one of them is movies that's just not for me. Um I'll go with the one I think is the best chance of winning, The Power of the Dog. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is the just not for me one. Um, I don't I don't understand the love for this movie. It's fine. Cumberbatch is giving a great performance. I don't see the Cody Smith McPhee probably winning an Oscar in there. I don't. Um, uh, I think uh, all the performances are fine. Uh, I think the ending is really cool and introspective. And, well, not cool. It's depressing and introspective. Uh <laughs> I, I like a lot of this movie. It's 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 a little overlong and it's um, yeah, a little slow pacing issues for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's. I think this is the front runner for for the Oscars this year. Uh, and uh, it's kind yeah. of feels like it. I like. I will believe Netflix will get an Oscar when it happens. Like that's. It, yeah. We're kind of at that moment, only because Roma didn't mainly and right. Roma clearly deserved the Oscar that year like in again in my opinion but um but uh, yeah until Netflix actually gets the best picture Oscar I'm I'm not going to believe it um so I don't see the power of the dog winning but it does feel like people are thinking it's the front runner um so we'll see we'll see how it all comes out uh all right well there you go here are the 12 nominees uh in no particular order the eyes of Tammy Faye 
Power of the Dog, The Last Night in Soho, The Green Knight, lots of those, The Suicide Squad, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, Spencer, West Side Story, Army of the Dead, Red Rocket, Come On, Come On, and Nightmare Alley. Um, I think we have a clear winner if I read everybody correctly. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Uh, oh. You must have read me wrong then because I'm pretty high on that one. <laughs> oh, no. But, I mean, in this category, when three of us are, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's it's overrated. I, it, Robert, I'm open to other suggestions. Like, if you think there's something we could coalesce around more than Come On, Come On. Because you love, love this movie. Like, it's, I don't love, love it, but it's kind of high side of like, low side of love. Okay. Um, All right. Well, give us some give us some other suggestions. We'll, we'll, we'll see if there's the, another alternative here. How are Spencer. Aaron and Andrew on um, Suicide Squad? Love it. I love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where that was going. <laughs> okay. yeah. Any others? Anybody else want to throw something to see if we can call? This is a, like Spencer. I said. This Spencer. Is, no, I, I really like Spencer. I really, yeah, I really like Spencer, Spencer also. Um, yeah, this is a tough category. Like I said, that's why the come on, come on thing really surprised me that we had a majority of us that were like, yeah, that's overrated. Like that's, that's uh this one there i think there will always be if 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 we've got four there will always be at least one person who's like you know come on come on come on come on is that there's not a lot of movies that have me thinking where i like immediately need to call someone when Mm -hmm. it like makes me think of a relationship or think of an event in my past and come on come on did that for me like i was on the phone talking about on the way home yeah yeah uh, I'll say this just real quick because we reviewed it the same week we we did Belfast, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing the comparison solely based on the black and white, which you know I think the black and white serves a better purpose in Belfast than it doesn't come on, come on. But I think that the family dynamic and the uh, the uh, the environment itself was portrayed better in Belfast. The thing I really don't like about Come On, Come On, Come On when it comes to the environments is a lot of those environments are begging to be shown the vibrancy of their colors. Like, hmm. show me, you know, the bright sunniness of, you know, the West Coast, you know, with L.A. and stuff like where we see them initially. And then show me, like, the the concrete jungle, the bricks of, you know, New York. And then show me all the crazy, vibrant hoodat colors of new orleans you know whenever you have a movie whose color palette is solely black and white you're really missing out on what a big part of your story is and that's the diversity of this world and how poverty uh you know affects people in different ways so that's my biggest issue with come on come on mm-hmm. yeah uh, Can I throw out Army of the Dead? Was that in this category? Yeah, somebody mentioned yeah. Ar- Army of the Dead in this category. Um, I here's my problem with Army of the Dead: is it is it really over? Do a lot of people love this movie? Like, am yeah. I am yeah. I missing that? Um, I thought this was kind of middling response to this movie. That's my only yes. thing with this one. That's my understanding. Yeah. Oh. So a lot of people I know, they were like, "Oh, I loved Army of the Dead. Finally, we get yeah. a, a good new zombie movie." And I'm like, eh, "It felt like every other zombie movie." I think we could. I mean, we might be able to coalesce around the fact that none of us love this movie, but I, I don't think it w- it's generally considered. I guess I could look up like scores. That's and a two point six aggregate on Letterboxd. Oof. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right in the middle. So, and that's kind of where all of us landed. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I'd be willing to listen to Come On, Come On, Red Rockets, uh, Last Night in Soho, 
Um, Who only seen Red Rocket? That's I great. didn't see Red Rocket. Oh, so that's just me then. If none of you have seen Red Rocket, then yeah. um, then that's that's a moot point. I think it's got to be Come On, Come On, Robert. And I apologize. I, like this is, the, we'll, we will note what it, what is it they do at the Supreme Court? They have a dissenting opinion. You can write the dissenting yeah. opinion. <laughs> we'll get it out there. Um, but I think Your objection we, has been noted. Well, <laughs> and here's the other thing: is probably if we're going three versus one, Last Night in Soho could also count. But I like Last Night in Soho a lot more than you like Come On, Come On. And so. and I like Last Night in Soho much more than I like Come On, Come On. <laughs> like yeah. even though I don't yeah. love Last Night in Soho, I don't hate it either. So um, so yeah, yeah. And I think uh, was, maybe I think may, we consensus. haven't explored West Side Story at all. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring it. <laughs> all right, I'm calling it uh, officially the most overrated movie of 2021. That most of us didn't get uh, dissenting opinion coming is come on come on congratulations on the sifty uh all right let's move into the next category actually before we do we haven't talked a lot about aaron and robert uh being here with us today uh you may not know this but aaron and robert tag team as managing editor at sifpop.com uh they oversee the articles and reviews and best ever challenge lists uh, that pop up at sifpop.com. If you never checked out the website, highly encourage you to do so. Lots of great stuff going on there. We really see it as kind of this proving ground for people that want to get into writing about pop culture. And uh, that has been my vision for the website for a long time. And Robert and Aaron have come on board and uh, done an incredible job at uh, bringing that vision to life at Sifpop. when I sent out the uh, email asking for final picks for the Sifties to the Sifpop writers that uh, help out at Sifpop.com, it's a substantial list. Like, uh, do you guys know the number off the top of your head of uh, contributing writers um, that contribute yeah, to the site? Yeah, there's roughly 30 active writers. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, why don't you guys talk a little bit about that? Just, you know, let people know if they want to write, how to do that, all that kind of uh, fun stuff. Robert, why don't well, you Aaron, start? You can talk about contact info if you want to start sure. off with that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if you're interested in writing, if that's something you've been uh, thinking about, kicking around for a little bit, uh, you know, first of all, you don't need to be a great writer. We'll take people of any, uh, we'll work with you to either help you be a good writer or at least just clean it up a little bit. Um, you know, if I can write for a website, then so can you. <laughs> uh, Robert's a good editor. Um yeah, you can just send an email to uh, writersroom at sifpop.com or uh, DM the Sifpop Twitter, and we can uh, get more information on a uh, brief, uh, not even an application process, but we just ask for a sample writing and, you know, kind of yeah. go from there. Robert, any thoughts about stuff going on at sifpop.com? Yeah, we just finished up the sifpop.com sifties uh, ahead of this podcast that we're doing right now. Um, We did best movie, best performance, best visual experience, best audio experience. So that was a good example of how our our team, our writers, we all come together and we're we're we really are a nice little community um, because we had a lot of people contribute to that to nominations and to voting. Um, So that was like the the big culmination of what we do with like the BEC every week because. We have people help on that every week, too. Um, so, yeah, mostly the, the best part about SifPop.com is the community that we have that's been mentioned a couple times uh, and the way that we come together and do a lot of fun projects. And then there's a lot of uh, singular articles and, and monthly series that we do. We have a lot of different voices, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different movies to talk about. Um, and if you, like Aaron was saying, if you hop on board, then you'll join this community. We have Slack. We talk to each other on Twitter. 
uh, we're, we're pretty active. So there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on. Uh, as mentioned, sifpop.com, uh, a great place to kind of dip your toes into what it means to do print review, uh, print contribution, all that kind of stuff. See if it's something for you, if it's something you've ever thought, oh, I might enjoy doing that. Um, that is the place to do it. Uh, again, you can DM the SiftPop Twitter or contact Aaron at writersroom at siftpop.com. Uh, um those uh should both work as far as getting in touch so thank you guys uh publicly wanted to uh let you guys know how much i appreciate that and uh, what goes on with the work at sifpop.com and uh you know uh, glad to have you on the sifties uh to chat Thanks. about the, the best of the year yeah, appreciate it you guys are so good uh, love being a part of it what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's continue on with the underrated uh, movies that you got that nobody else seemed to get. Uh, what do you think are some of the underrated movies of the year? We'll go in reverse order. Aaron, you get to uh, kick us off. What is your first nomination for uh, most underrated of 2021? Um, I'll go with Spiral. Uh, I'm a big oh. fan of the Saw franchise. And uh, obviously, there are very not good movies in there that I'm not a fan of. Uh, but overall, I'm a fan <clears throat> of the franchise. And this movie took it in a direction that I really wanted. I did a binge watch article on the franchise leading up to this movie. And I kind of said, like, I really want to see this a story like this from a cop's perspective, from a detective's perspective. I want to see all these things. And this movie just delivered on anything that made it feel fresh and exciting for me. Uh, the things I didn't really care for were the traps. Because it's weird because I don't really like that stuff, but I'm a Saw fan. Because I like the philosophy uh, behind, the, um, behind the, the villain. All right. Spiral. That's messed up, man. Uh, <laughs> Spiral is at a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.3 on IMDb, and a 40% on Metacritic. Uh, so definitely qualifies uh, in this category. I didn't say I agree with him, Andrew. I just said I like it. <laughs> you said you like his principles. Uh, all right, Robert, what is your first nomination for most uh, underrated? So I'm going to bring it back around and going to dip in that roller coaster again and say The Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I really, really love this movie. I know it's a mess in a lot of places, um, but I I think understanding the production behind it and how it came to be is what makes it so high in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of all, I love the earnestness of it because it just, just the idea of an artist, Lana Wachowski, reclaiming what she initially wanted to say and what this franchise meant to her um, and bringing it back to something extremely positive um, and extremely earnest and sincere and uh, loving, that, that just made me go head over heels for it. I went to the theater to see it. 
and then I thought I loved it, and then I went home and watched it on HBO Max that same night, um, and I confirmed how much I loved it. So that's definitely number one for me. Nice. Uh, currently at a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, higher than I would have thought, actually. Uh, 5.7 on IMDb and 63% on Metacritic. Uh, it's pretty low with audiences. That's where yes. I was getting no, at. I think it fits the category just fine. Yeah. Those are just points of reference. Um, Andrew, what is your... So film? far, we have films that one person loves and the rest of us hate. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, keep it going. Uh, what is your most underrated... Well, as I'm looking at this first pick right now, I'm realizing it might not be as much underrated as underseen. That's, I I'm think that's go fair. With, yeah. I'm going to go with Those Who Wish Me Dead. Hmm. The Angelina Jolie hmm. film with directed by Taylor Sheridan. Hmm. I love this movie. I really do. It's Firewatch mixed with No Country for Old Men. And people were saying whenever Eternals came out that they're like oh man Angelina's back I'm like did nobody see those who wish me dead she's amazing in that movie and the young kid uh, Finn Connolly I think is his name he he's great he's great I was like oh this kid's actually you know conveying emotions and I I had such a good time and of course John Bernthal the the metaphors and the visual imagery of like fire and rebirth and reclaiming yourself yeah i this is a great great movie does taylor sheridan just like have clones of himself doing stuff like i don't understand how he doing does this so much i yeah like he has like <laughs> you know a couple yellowstone shows this movie came out this year without remorse came out yeah. this like i just like i don't understand that 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 person's uh, productivity that's insane well he's got that hard-working wyoming you that's know, right spirit that's in right him, so uh i think those who wish me dead qualifies perfectly in this in this category it's a 62 percent on rotten tomatoes it just came and went nobody talks about it um six out of ten on imdb so yeah i think that fits definitely uh i gotta put don't look up in here um you know for as much as i i enjoyed this movie um a lot of people didn't uh so we've talked about it a little bit already but yeah don't look up is is my uh next nomination for underrated of 2021 uh i think it actually has a 55 percent on rotten tomatoes um and a 7.3 on imdb which is a lot higher definitely seems to be a critic versus audience kind of one that, that yeah. kind of happens a lot of times um yeah but yeah 49 percent on metacritic um so yeah don't look up <clears> is, <throat> is my first nomination i um, thought it was a lot higher than that no critics hate this movie i think there's i i, I there's a thing with mckay too i think you know that that's happening in the critical community um but i you know i don't know we'll see uh, Aaron, I think you're up next with your second nomination in this category. Yeah, I uh, based this off of uh, the letterbox score 3.0. I'll go with Being the Ricardos. Okay, yeah, I think that's a fair choice. I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes are IMDb in, but it seems like lots of people are pretty middling on this movie, and I liked it. Yeah. See, I, I, I was going to say overrated for this, and I think the reviews are low enough that I didn't want to go with overrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They are actually at 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Metacritic, and 6.6% on uh, IMDb. So pretty down the line, uh, you know, just kind Mesh. of... 
Yeah, a little, a little high, high end of you know, meh, uh, high end of middle. Um, so yeah, being the Ricardos is a fine choice. Uh, Robert, what's your second nomination for this category? I'll do the flip side of Aaron's overrated and say the Green Knight, which I absolutely loved. Um, there's a lot Robert. that I really love about that. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, up and you're, down. You're going back up now. Um, <laughs> visually, it's absolutely stunning to yes. start off. Um, and then just I love the episodic uh, mind messing with type of uh, type of feel and then just its overall themes about like maturity and responsibility and honor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and of course, Dev Patel is just incredible. Yeah. I like the Green Knight. Um, it's a tough squeeze in this category, though. I mean, it's eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I was going by audience. Underseen. Audience is insanely low on this. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. I, I walked Knight. out of the theater, and there was there was an old couple, and they said, "Did you understand any of that?" And I said, <laughs> "Yeah, I yeah. really liked it." They're like, "I didn't get it." <laughs> There's a six point six on IMDb. Sixty six percent of Google users like this, but it has a 3.7 on Letterboxd, too. So I think it was like 50 Robert something I, audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Robert and I were like our love of this movie, right? Yeah, you can still put it so in this much category. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's totally okay. get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah, this is one of those where each source is different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew, what is your next nominee in this category? Well, I have a feeling that I'm stealing one of yours, Dicer. I'm oh. gonna go with old. Oh, yes, yes. Hmm. I think that fits in this category well. Yeah. Yeah, because I had a great time. It's one of those movies where don't try and break it down. Don't try and break down the rules because right. you're you're it's it's going to fall apart. But if you just stick with like a an accepting okay, this is just how this magical beach works, and a lot of guessing is going on. There's a lot of crazy, good, interesting, unique stuff going on. A lot of this stuff I didn't need. Like the whole uh, being, you know, what, eight, nine years old and then having a baby <laughs> is... I didn't need to see that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the metaphors of like, you know... this I forget who played the father and the mother. But like as they're growing older, like he, the realization like of what was important and what they really missed out on. And that's what this movie is about. It's about like looking back and realizing if you had time, what you would have prioritized. And yeah, this movie hit me emotionally on several parts. And then of course there's the scene where the woman keeps breaking her bones and then keeps, ah, that was horrifying. Uh, Phantom Threads, Vicky Crepes uh, played the mom, and uh, Station Eleven's uh, Gail Garcia Bernal uh, played the dad. So also uh, know him from uh, uh, Mozart Jungle, or I forget how what the it's an Amazon show. He's really good in it. Uh, Yes, old was uh, fifty is a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes and five point eight on IMDb. Uh, So good nomination. I think for my next one, I think I'm going to go with No Sudden Move. Um, this is Soderbergh's uh, movie that came out this year. Probably more in the underseen than underrated uh, part of this category. Um, but just to kind of bring attention to it, because I really think this is a good movie. Um, <laughs> it, it just kind of came and went, right? Like it was, uh, yeah. it was a streamer. <laughs> I think it was a Max HBO Max exclusive, right? Yeah. I think yeah. so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, it was. 
It was. Um, critics loved it. It's a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm, you know, I'm, sque- wow. I'm squeezing it into, you know, uh, an underrated category, and that's definitely not it. I just feel like it's one that the audiences haven't seen or talked about. I just don't hear a lot of mention of it, uh, anything like that. So I, I wanted to throw it into this category. So uh, No Sudden Move would be my next nominee. Uh, Aaron, what's your final nominee for Most Underrated of 2021? Yeah, speaking of movies that come and went, let's talk about Reminiscence. Okay, sure. Let's. This let's is a do movie it. that I love. The more that we like separate from it, I haven't. I don't think I've seen it since release day. But I, I all I can think about is how visually stunning this movie is. How great Hugh Jackman's performance is. Um, I, I mean, I I'm thinking about all the potential, all the things that should have worked about it. But I, as I was watching, I was like, oh, this should be better. Like. I think it is better than most people give it credit for. Um, and it's one I'm really looking forward to going back to. Um, yeah. 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 Reminiscence is at 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, 46% Ooh. on Metacritic, 59 on IMDb. Um, it's not great, but it's far better than all that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Robert, your final nominee in this category. Um, I might be the only one who I've seen talk about this movie at any length, and that's Encounter, the Riz Ahmed movie. Yeah. Um, a lot of people really didn't like it. It's like 50s across the board on all of the scores. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had it at like an 8 or a 9 because there's a lot in this that I really, really loved. It focuses on mental health. Um, it focuses on veterans. Um, on It focuses on like de-escalation methods apart from law enforcement and apart from pointing a gun at someone and Mm -hmm. you know from his social worker is uh olivia or octavia spencer um and her character is really important to him it's a good father and son story and someone just trying to do the right thing i really didn't understand the across the board disdain for it apart from the misleading marketing so it is you're right it's like a a 57 percent on rotten tomatoes 5.7 on or 57 percent on metacritic and a 5.7 on imdb so it's like literally you know five seven across um yeah i'm kind of with you i the only this movie i'm glad we're talking about this movie i'm glad you brought it up because this is a fatal flaw movie in my opinion this is a movie that has one thing wrong with it and i think it ruins the movie and it's that the movie thinks it's a twist movie and it's not um and that to me is the problem and i can't go much further into depth without spoiling it because the movie wants it to be something you don't but i honestly think if i spoil this movie for you you will have a better experience with this movie it is one of those kind of movies where it's like just let me tell you what this is going in because it's actually doing some interesting work here mm-hmm. instead of the what it thinks it's doing. This is this to me is a m- kind of like Passengers. Uh yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you could you could kind I mean, of Passengers was marketed as a ship destruction got to survive this movie, not a philosophical. It's a little yeah, different than you, that. It's just it's not just mismarketed. It's it's that the marketing team almost it feels like had a say in the construction of the story. Like the way the story is mm. constructed is like, oh, we better have some sort of story turn that people are going to go, oh, I got to watch this again. And it's like, no, it's all obvious. It's all like in in the fact that the movie wants you to be questioning something that just doesn't need questioned in this movie um, is 
makes it really difficult for me. Um, I got to a certain point where I was like, wait, was this supposed to be a twist? Am I supposed to understand right? this thing? Yeah. And I, I wasn't yeah. sure. And that's where I was, where I'm with you. I'm like, eh, I don't know. But at, at the same time, I thought everything else was so strong. Right. And that's There's why a I lot valuable there. there. It's unfortunate yeah. how it's constructed, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I think that's a good choice. I think that's a good choice. Uh, Andrew, what is your final nominee in this category? It's going to be a movie everybody forgot existed. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it was so early on in the year. I'm going to go with The Mauritanian. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that was right at the beginning. Because that technically competed for awards last year, but it last came out year. in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there'll You're be a little right. of that. I forget about that. The, the, there will be a little bit uh, of that, of course, this year. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tahir Rahim is like so amazing in this movie. The, uh, the there's the the sequence that everybody thinks of who has seen this movie, and that's the uh, the uh, the uh, enha- quote unquote enhanced interrogation. We could just call mm-hmm. it torture, you know. Um, sequence that he's going through is so shocking and heartbreaking. But aside from that, I think Jodie Foster is giving a great performance. I really like Shailene Woodley. I think that her character could have been used better. I think, you know, because it doesn't really evolve as the movie goes on. But I think that The Mauritanian is a great film. Uh, Mauritanian is currently uh, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, I think that's about 75% too high. Uh, I think this movie is terrible. <laughs> I know you hate this movie. I, I know do. you hate this movie a lot. But uh, but I, I'm glad that I will just say I'm glad Benedict has uh, the power of the dog this year because he was so terrible in the Mauritanian. I was worried it was going to ruin his career, but uh, but he has bounced back really nicely. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. As apparently, like for those who don't know, which I don't know still, but like. That's exactly how the real life person. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Yeah, <clears throat> but it doesn't make for good movie. Yeah, you know. Uh, all right, Mauritanian in for uh, nominated for most underrated. I will finish this off of the two choices I have left. I'm going to go with the one that has the lower Rotten Tomatoes score, um, and that is Cruella. Uh, I think it is underrated. It's not terrible. It's like 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think people overall have been at least middling to liked it on it, so it doesn't fit this category perfectly. The other one I was thinking about was The Last Duel, but that's pretty highly rated, actually, by a lot of yeah. a lot of critics and stuff. It's just so underseen. It's just yeah. underseen yeah. and just kind of got missed. Uh, it was That is a mistake on, uh, I don't know... Ridley's agent, Ridley himself, or whatever, on just emphasizing Gucci over uh, Last Duel. I, I think you reverse yeah. the release dates of those two movies, and The Last Duel is hot and heavy in this the awards conversation. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but I could be wrong about that. That's my number one movie of the year. Last well, Duel. spoilers, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> I know. You I know. That. Yeah, yeah. It's on HBO Max now, so you yeah, can go that's see right. It, it is. Uh, but well, anyhow, bought it so. That is not the one I'm nominating. I'm nominating Cruella for Most Underrated of 2021. All right, another difficult one, guys. By very definition, uh, those of us who like these movies will probably see other people not enjoying these movies. Um, I Schweitzer, Robert, what did you guys think of Old? I liked Old. Um, I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah, so I called it in my review uh, the best bad movie of the year because oh. yeah, that's fair. I didn't think it was very good, but I also I'm always I'm always drawn to earnestness, and I felt the earnestness all the way. Oh, through. it's very earnest. And, yeah, yeah. And I had a good time watching it too. So 
Ooh, I think we. I think that's it then. That I th- might be I it. think we just we just nailed it on the the first shot. Good call, Andrew. Because well, um, I was I was, I, I was very <laughs> aware of how Aaron and I felt about yeah. old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was lamenting trying to find a pick, but I'd be good with old. Yeah, I think old works. Um, no need to go any further into it. Uh, old. The most underrated movie of 2021. I love go. it. I love this Woo. sifty. This is great. People, <laughs> people are going to hate this so much, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, congratulations to Old for being the uh, the sifty winner for most underrated of 2021. All right, there you go. Before we head into our television picks for the year, just a reminder that you can be a member of Sif Pop. Thank you for doing that. Uh, we record bonus episodes for a certain level of our Sift Pop member uh, membership, and uh, you can check all that out at patreon.com slash Pop. By the way, your personal podcast feed there at Patreon uh doesn't have the ads that you hear uh that pop up in the middle of sif pop so it's ad free and uh you get that the stuff uh, on the network as soon as it's there including the bonus episodes so if you want to check that out again it's patreon.com slash sif pop and thank you for doing so uh really helps us out uh all right let's move into our television picks uh we are going to each do our top five tv shows of the year um, and again, any show that had a new episode air in 2021 does count. Um, so we'll just go number five to number one, and this is how we'll finish it off. Um, Are we Trump doing this BEC style? Yeah, well, let's let's do it BEC style. If if you've got something a little bit higher, go ahead and Trump. Uh, and trumpet for uh, the others, and then maybe we'll throw out some some honorable mentions at the end as well. Um, so yeah, kicking it off at number five. Uh, let's do, hmm, has anybody not had a chance to go first? Uh, I can't remember if we, we've all gone, I think we all have actually gone first. Um, so, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What is your number five TV show of the year? The Witcher. Oh, okay. It was at the very end. I was like, it was like December 27th of last year. (laughs) But, you know... It came out. Nice. The, um, the 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 cinematography and the visual effects uh, compared to the first season are night and day. It's crazy how much better the show looks now. That they know, like, okay, we got a budget for it. We know people are going to watch it. Let's throw all the money in the world at it. Mm-hmm. And they did. And it looks so good. On top of the story being great. So, yeah. Nice. Number five, The Witcher. Uh, Robert, what's your number five? So I'll start with a quick disclaimer that I don't watch a whole ton of new TV. Sure. So three through five are pretty good, but not necessarily great. Um, and number five, I have Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the final season. No, that's a, um, that's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Is Aaron Ma- yep. Trump that? Yep, I'll Trump oh, that. Okay. Oh, see, that's how good a choice it is. Somebody even trumped it. Uh, all yeah. right. Uh, Aaron, what is your number five? Yeah, I'll also give the disclaimer. I don't watch a ton of new TV. Um, I have Resident Alien here. This came out in January. Oh, Ooh. look at this. I love it. Never even heard of that. <laughs> Ooh. It's an Alan 2DX sci-fi. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk we'll about chat later. about it yeah. in a bit. Uh, my number five, I don't think is going to get trumped. Uh, my number five is Alone. Um, man, do I love this show. Uh, this is a reality so show. Good. 
Yes. Reality survival show that is, the, in my opinion, the most actual survival of any of the, the survival shows. And it's basically yeah. we, we drop you off alone. You have your own camera equipment. Yes, they get visits, medical visits, those kind of things. But there is no camera crew there. They're taking their own video, all that kind of stuff. And whoever, <laughs> whoever lasts on the land the longest wins. And that's yeah, just that's, that's the show. And they tap out when they're ready to tap out. And whoever survives the longest wins. Um, and, and it is <laughs> intense. I mean, literally yeah. intense uh, yeah. sometimes. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Mostly in wood huts. Yes, most, it's true. Sometimes. Yes, yes. Mostly yeah. wood shelters. And they don't care, like, uh, the wild... There's no, like, uh, safety net or anything. Like, if if you get a, uh, a bear, like, walking up in your tent, you're like, hey, I gotta get out of here. There's a bear. They're not gonna relocate you. Right, they do give they do give you like bear spray and a bear horn, right? Like they they do yeah. give you like safety tools uh, that that you need, but yeah, they're not there to yeah to uh, if a wolverine or a bear or whatever yeah. decides they want to uh, take think you it on. Was- all the way back in the second season, they dropped a guy off, and it was like 30 minutes later, he came across like a family of black bears, and he's like, guys, come back, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like day one. He's like, yeah. nope, not doing this. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it for that. I also love it for just how smart these people are. One of the oh, con- one of the contestants this year actually dug a, uh, for their shelter, dug like four to five feet into the ground for warmth, um, yeah. And then created their shelter on top of it. I've never seen a contestant do that. It was a lot of calorie expenditure for those first few days because you don't, yeah. you know, have a lot of food yet. Um, some of them are incredible hunters, and so they'll get meat, but then they have to protect the meat from the predators who are going to want to take it from them. And like, it's just, it's real stuff, and it's really well produced as well. So alone uh, is my number five. Uh, on to our number fours, uh, Andrew. What do you got at number four? This is where I have Resident Alien. Okay. Okay. Um, what a fun show. I mean, it's just, it makes you smile every single time you watch it. Alan Tudyk is phenomenal at playing somebody pretending to be human. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, and the, the uh, what you call it, the... Uh, the relationship he has with the little kid, the only kid who can actually see him as an alien, mm-hmm. uh, is great because it's it's innocent at the same time being driven by murder. Like uh, the kid can like get under his skin with like little kid jokes, like "I'm gonna hang you from the highest tower in the building." There are no towers in this city. <laughs> He's like, "Well, I know, I know. There's no. T- I was just seeing if you knew there were towers. Like it's stuff like that that you just have to fall in love with. And the show is really well written. Like there's a lot of interesting twists and turns. I mm-hmm. am so glad. And I and I just heard it's getting its second season coming out soon, which makes me so happy. Uh, Aaron, you had it at number. You're number five. So why don't you talk a little bit about it too? Yeah, I mean, without Alan Tudyk, this show doesn't work, as you can yeah. say, with a lot of his properties, um, uh, or at least make properties that he's a star in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moana doesn't work if he's not. I was going to say, um, <laughs> literally, that's what I was, I was about to make no, that uh, joke. <laughs> uh, no, and the, the thing that surprised me is this could have been a very dumb show, uh, but it it's not the smartest show out there, but there was moments like towards the end of the season where I was like, Whoa! Like that really caught me off guard. Like specifically, there's a there's a subplot about um, uh, the murder of this town's doctor or the yeah. death of this town's doctor, and there like becomes two or three different theories. That's just like whoa! Like this is like 
I didn't expect this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So uh, if if I'd have finished Big Mouth Season 5, I probably would have put it above this, but uh, I haven't. So uh, th- this is a show for sure worth watching, and uh, it's yeah. just a shame it's on Sci-Fi Channel so nobody sees it, except for, you know, hardcore fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will. It's on Hulu, though. I will add that I love it as well. It didn't make my list, but um, one of the things I love about it is how much story work it does in the first season. It's not a show that seems to want to go, oh, we're going to tease this out forever. It will tease something, and then the next episode, it will resolve it. And uh, it does yeah. a lot of story in one season for a modern TV show, and I think we're seeing that more and more. As creators are like, I don't know that I'm going to have four seasons to tell this whole story. So let's tell, you know, a, a full yeah. story in the first season. Um, but the I think Resident Alien does that really, really well. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. So, Robert, you're number four. Uh, I have The Wheel of Time at number four. Oh, okay. I haven't I, watched this. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I read the first book and I'm like 200 pages into the second one. Uh, there's a guy I used to work with who was a big fan and he turned me on to it. Um, I think it's really, really good fantasy. If you're apparently, if you're not a already built-in fan of the books, because it's very different than the books. Um, but it 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 scratches that itch for me of like um, uh, escapism and uh, fantasy and just magic and uh, characters going on a journey, learning stuff about themselves. Uh, yeah, there's there's just a lot of stuff I really like about it. There's a lot of cool action, a lot of cool magic. There's an incredible action scene and in, I think the second to last episode where a pregnant woman uh, who's like in labor has to fight off a bunch of people with a sword and it, it's just insane so there, there's a lot of cool stuff that I really liked about the Wheel of Time takes somebody down with the sword cuts the umbilical cord at the same time like pretty much <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Wheel of Time is it kind of like Game of Thronesy vibe like is that is that what they're going for here Game of Thrones is like fantasy but very human this is right. very like high fantasy lots of magic well and game of thrones kind of started very human by the end it was definitely more fantasy um <clears throat> which also is well, inter- interesting for a show like this that kind of has to come out and be like we got to do all the big fantasy stuff right out the bat you know because that's what people expect now uh, as opposed to being yeah. able to kind of build like game of thrones did that's kind of interesting We're- well, Game of Thrones was like big with like the political intrigue and all that. Sure, and yes. this is all just like we have a magical quest for you to go on. Let's go. That, so, that so more D and D, and yeah, more D and D, Lord yeah. of the Rings, yeah, than Game of okay. Thrones. Very cool. Uh, Wheel of Time uh, in at number four for Robert. Aaron, what is your number four? Yeah, this is where I have Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. Um, this final season was just great. Um, all the things that we loved about the show. Uh, the, my only hang up is the first little bit it it tries to go really hard into the social commentary about what the justice system looks like uh for the last you know several years uh and the critiques of it um and like they have like the Boyle character be like the biggest you know supporter of minorities and against police brutality and whatnot it's just like i get it like they're trying to make a point it's just a little bit too ham-fisted in the first at the beginning but by the end of the season, the relationship work that they do with Holt and Kevin and uh, uh, and then Jake and Amy as well, uh, it leads to a perfect series finale for the show. Um, Holt's Robert, one of the best characters ever put on TV. So good. That's yeah. true. He's so good. Yeah. Robert, you had this at uh, your number five. What else do you have to say? Yeah, uh, I, I just love Brooklyn Nine-Nine in general. So this was just, yeah, more of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And like Aaron was just saying, the main detraction is just like, 
for me is that it didn't lean enough into that because it's about mm. police officers and it just kind of you know doesn't really encounter with that that I, much I, I i feel the pain you guys felt are talking about with the last season i don't know how they avoid that like i don't i don't know what the better version of the final season no, is I'm, I wish I'm happy they did it. it yeah yeah i'm happy they did it. it to me it just didn't feel like the right tone it felt kind of like what a lot of people are feeling with don't look up right um i'm, I'm happy it That's was there fun. and i think the addition of the john c mcginley character was perfect i, I think maybe lean more into yeah. him yeah, I just I, this this is a show that basically went from hilarious to oh, we can't do this show anymore. Like it right. really exactly. that's basically what happened over the course of a couple years. And so for them to be like, okay, we want to do a final season, like I think I think they they tried to walk that tightrope as as well as they could between goofy fun tone that people have fallen in love with this show and also going yeah, we kind of don't want to be propaganda or fall into, you know, these other traps and and wrestling with, you know, uh, some of the stuff the entire culture was wrestling with, um, with police brutality and those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this show, and I think they did about the best they could with the final season, uh, all, all things considered. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, the show, the show had taken turns like that in the past. Like in season, I think, three, there's an episode with Terry Crews mm-hmm. trying to find his daughter's toy. Um, yeah, and it's a very serious episode, and it yeah. kind of feels out of place. But like, that's the kind of tone that I thought worked really well. I just think, yeah, the start of the show was a little rocky. Yeah, or the start of this yeah. season was yeah. a little rocky. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine in at number four for Aaron, and number five for Robert. Uh, my number four is Mayor of East Town. Um, really, really loved this show. Um, I, I just, I think the performances in it are absolutely incredible. Um, it was one of those, uh, and I mean, Winslet is just slaying it in this show. Uh, but beyond her, just the way this show navigated the plot that it wanted to tell and the mystery of what was going on was very engaging to me. I was, uh, hook, line and sinker the entire time. Um, mayor of Easttown owned me when it was on, so I had to put it on my list. Um, it comes in at number four i'm excited that they may be trying to do another season of this i'm always a little tentative with something that feels so complete like this um doing that but i love this character enough that i hope they can find uh, a way to um you know make an engaging season two because i i wouldn't mind seeing you know what's next for mayor um a show by the way that uh that is terribly named <laughs> because it sounds like mayor of east town and it's like no her name's mayor of east town uh, that is my number four. All right, let's move into number threes. Andrew, what do you got? This will go Trump, but I'll go ahead and say it. Ted Lasso. Yeah, I'll Trump that. Trump. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Robert, what is your... No- that was a like unanimous Trump of three people <laughs> yeah. at once. Uh, Robert, what is your number three? This is a very underseen show, and it's Breeders. Uh, it's FX on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Freeman. It's just like a eight episode, eight or ten episode family drama, and um, it's very raw, but also very funny, but in a darkly comedic way, a way that only Martin Freeman could really do. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's a, one of the creators of the show. It's a second season. Um, my wife and I we really enjoy the show. We kind of just came onto it in the first season, and then I she's the only <laughs> person I've ever talked to about it. Um, I, I just really really like it. There's a lot of great performances. Martin Freeman and the and the woman who plays his wife, the two kids who play his kids, and then his parents are in it also. There's just a lot of good stuff about family and the difficulties, and it doesn't sugarcoat 
parenting and it doesn't sugarcoat uh, adolescence or anything like that. It's, it's just really good. We are looking at a, uh, a promotional image for the show Breeders that has the parents uh, with their teenage children in those kind of carriers that you see babies in. And I've never seen a more beautiful metaphor for raising a teenager than uh, than what is on screen right now. Uh, I've never watched this, but uh, but you've got me interested. And I do love Martin Freeman. So um, yeah. that's definitely one to, to put on the list. Uh, Breeders in at number three for Robert. Uh, Aaron, what's your number three? Uh, so I have WandaVision. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Yeah, that was on in my honorable mentions for sure. Yeah, I I think it's just like expectations of uh, like this is my favorite Marvel or even Star Wars TV show of the year. Um like it, it, uh, we were there as soon as episodes came out, me and my wife mm-hmm. and um this it, it, I, what I what I think what I think about the show is it could have just been a parody of the decade sitcom mm-hmm. and could have been fine and have no substance but it turns into something substantive it took turns that i really enjoyed uh the finale really brings the show down but for all the work that they bring that they do with wanda and um vision both separately and together um it, it's just enough to over override the the pretty mediocre lackluster paint by numbers finale i i love what you're saying uh this is my favorite marvel show of the first year of marvel tv as well um it's interesting. I started thinking about uh, my similar opinion that the the finale is, just kind of doesn't kind of live up to everything else and brings it down. What's interesting is I love Marvel's typical shtick. You know what I mean? Like I've you yeah. know it's it's not that I hate that stuff. It's just that the first you know several episodes of this were like next level, actual, really great, artistic, high thinking, you know, thematic stuff on mental health and like all this really cool stuff. And then the last episode was just your typical great Marvel stuff, but it's still kind of great Marvel stuff at the end. So like it's, you know, it, it does come down from the the big highs of the beginning, but it's it's not like it's terrible. The finale's not terrible. It's just your kind of typical Marvel punchy punchy um, you know, kind of finale. Um If they so. would have committed to Pietro, then it would have been my number <laughs> yeah. one show of the year. But they didn't have the the cojones to That's do. right. The gonads. Yeah. No, I hear yeah. you. Uh, all right. So, WandaVision in at number three. Uh, for uh, Aaron, my number three is only murders in the building. Um, I'm surprised you didn't have a higher than this. Uh, comes in at number three for me. Um, man, do I love this show. Uh, I love Steve Martin and Martin Short, or as they're known together, Steve Martin Short. Uh, so much they're they're so incredible together um and i've often said martin short is is possibly the funniest human to have ever lived i i truly believe he's in that conversation uh, i've just seen him in too many things improvised and elsewise uh you know to uh to know uh that um but when he gets with steve martin them together it's just so much fun and you add to that uh this incredible mystery and the twists and turns um i i think we are entering with knives out in this kind of and and uh you know a lot of the um brana christie stuff uh we're yeah. kind of entering into a little renaissance of the murder mystery the and i'm wow rolls yeah and yeah i'm i'm loving it um so uh this this definitely fits into that and is my number three only murders in the building i didn't mention selena gomez who's great in it was- as well that's yeah. what I was about to say. Like, that's the biggest surprise for me. Is like, as much as I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna love the show because it's Steve Martin Short," 
Selena Gomez is so good. In holds this. her own. Yeah, holds her own with yeah. those guys for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, on to our number twos. Andrew, yep. what do you got at number two? I know what we do in the shadows. Nice, nice choice. This has the funniest moment in all of television last year, uh-huh. and that's whenever they strap the Baron's torso to that hellhound, <laughs> which is the golden retriever, and he, he's just plopping down, you know, uh-huh. the sidewalk. Yeah. This is one of the funniest shows uh, ever made. Like, you got to love every single person. I know uh, uh, Laszlo's my favorite character, but I know Aaron, yours is Guillermo, is your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I you could tell me any one of these people is your favorite character, and I would get it. Right. They're all yeah. so good. I, when this show came out, I'm like, please. I mean, the movie was so good. Uh, just don't mm-hmm. ruin it. I think the show is funnier than the movie, and I know that might be hip hypocrisy to say, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to commit. This show is so funny. I think that I would rather put on this show than the movie. It's it's yeah. brilliant. It's yeah. I don't think I don't think that's hyperbole. I think the the show is is better than the 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 movie is now. I, I it's it's definitely got a longer run and is is doing some really fun stuff. I also thought like. The way it ended this last season was really bold. I thought there were some, yeah. you know, some bold choices that you know happened towards the end of the season, and um, yeah, I'm digging it. I'm digging what we do in the shadows. Yeah. If I'd have finished the season yet, it would be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, all right, show. Robert, your number two. This might still get trumped, but this is where I have Ted Lasso. Trump. Ah, uh, Aaron, your number two. 9-11, One Day in America. Oh, in, interesting choice. I did not think of this as a TV show, uh, but this is yeah, this is incredible. It's an incredible docu series. So good choice, good choice. Yeah, National Geographic coming up with a 20 year anniversary uh, for 9-11 stuff. Just uh, the amount of work that they put into it, uh, like finding people that they can find in old footage, uh, restoring old footage. Um, as somebody who was six when 9-11 happened, didn't really understand. I don't feel like I truly understood what was going on mm-hmm. until I saw the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent it's filmmaking. it's incredible, incredible documentary filmmaking that they're doing uh, in this show. It, it is why it is why I love documentary filmmaking is because of some of the things they're doing here. The way they're following certain people and finding in all this footage places where they were and telling these stories and... It's well constructed. The episodes are well constructed. Um, yeah, it's it's really really good stuff. So I'm yeah, glad you brought it up. I, could, I don't know if I could watch that. I, it, it's very heavy. It, of course, course, yes. Like, yeah, it's it either gave me anxiety or tears every episode. Yeah, yeah. and there's like I think six episodes. So yeah, it, it, a lot of times both anxiety and tears. Yeah, because just I remember that day more vividly than like really any other day. Mm-hmm. It's. So trying to relive that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. How easy that would be. Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Um, I already know for a fact that my number two is getting trumped. <laughs> uh, I have Ted Lasso at yeah. number two, so we'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, let's get to our number ones, Andrew. What do you have for your number one TV show of twenty twenty one? I am shocked nobody else had this on their list. Like insanely shocked. I'm Squid Game. Yeah, no, it's in my honorable mentions, but it just didn't didn't quite crack my top five. Yeah, yeah. yeah me I mean, that blows my mind. Nobody else had Squid Game. 
Gyanbu episode was like the biggest emotional roller coaster of the entire year for me. Mm-hmm. Like it hurt so much. Yeah. But the show, I mean, it took over the world. It did, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's my top show. Uh, no, I, 2021. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, you know, there are so many things that I really love about Squid Game, but it's also just one of those where it's like it's this great show that just doesn't have whatever that thing for me that kind of, you know, like I probably would have had it at number six if I'm being honest. So, you know, this it's just a minor distinction. But um, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Andrew and I talked about this on the Writer's Room podcast this week. Um the the thing for me about this show is that you I never got a sense that like our main characters were gonna die like uh, it, they kill them off slowly sometimes but like there's an episode where it's tug of war and it's and like they, obviously they're they not gonna end kill the episode the as if oh no what's gonna happen the, <laughs> the better way to do this show is to have it focus on more people not just the small you know people. what I, you know what I figured out about that moment I, why I think they did it that way because you're there is no suspense in in that moment but they end the episode with it. I think they did it that way so that they could have a little bit of a squid game in both those episodes because neither of those mm. episodes have one of the games in them like before or after that. And mm. so that way it can kind of feel I, I could be totally wrong, but I mean, I, just was, I mean, Andrew brought up the fact that it's it's the first time they would have to directly kill others. Yeah. So that's yeah. the tension. The first two games is them trying to survive the you know the mm-hmm. the masks you know this is them actively having to kill somebody else i i would argue the beats play more that they're in danger not that yeah. they're struggling with a moral choice of killing someone but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, to- I totally see that i can totally see that um no it's a great choice it's obviously right up there for me as well so yeah squid game uh number one for andrew uh robert what's your number one uh, no surprise coming after my best moment of the year, non-TV moment or non-movie moment, but number one is Succession. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, yeah. Seasons one and two are great, are like incredible great. Season two is better than season one, and I think season three is even better than season two. Um, there's just so much about this show that I love, like starting with the character dynamics and the humor that comes from it. Um, then, of course, the, the biting commentary on the rich and but most importantly or most notably to me is just the uh the interpersonal dynamics um the idea of how trauma affects people throughout their entire lives how they deal with it uh how it perpetuates um there's just so much about succession that i love on top of the big moments that i mentioned at the top of the show so yeah it's just it's perfect to me yeah, I love Succession as well. It was in my honorable mentions. I totally agree that each season has been better than the last. Um, I think it is uh, it is really astonishing character work. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible show. So good call. Good call. Uh, all right. Uh, Aaron, it is time to talk T- about Ted Lasso time. Ted Lasso. Let's do it. Here's here's the biggest thing that this show has done right. I mean, aside from the the balance that they do well of reality and comedy, uh, the biggest thing about this show is that they've turned this from a this is a show about Ted Lasso to this is a show about this club. Uh, season one is pretty much entirely about Ted, but they've developed the characters in a way so much that I care just as much about Sam Obasanya and Roy Kent mm-hmm. and um, the the boss, Rebecca, and um, Keeley's character and Coach Beard and Nate, seeing all of them 
uh, even Higgins uh, coming in with some really surprise moments uh, uh, this season. Danny Rojas, like every every <laughs> character Rojas. belongs here. <laughs> every character. I'm never sad when the camera goes away from Ted Lasso, uh, which is saying something because well, Sudeikis is killing it. I mean, this is a deeper, heavier season than the season prior. Yeah. So well, the stuff yeah, you're dealing I, with with Nathan this season is, yeah. you know, it became clear after a few episodes that this was a season about Nathan and his, mm-hmm. you know, his mm-hmm. progression. And I think it's really kind of amazing what they're doing with some of these characters and the character movements that are going on here. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a moment between Roy and Jamie that just devastated me mm-hmm. in like the sixth or seventh episode. Yeah. No, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. Yeah. The reason why I didn't have Ted Lasso up at my number one spot is be actually because of uh, Nathan, because like I didn't, I I understood like his his history, how that could have affect him, mm-hmm. you know, and how he turned out to be who he was, but it was his relationship with Ted, and his actual like his growth of disdain with Ted that I didn't understand. And I've watched the whole season several times now, and I don't buy his immediate growth, his immediate growth of hatred for Mm -hmm. Ted, because Mm -hmm. I feel Ted was the only one who ever, you know, was like, you're the new guy. And he like, you know, brought him up because he believed in him, not because he felt sorry for him. Uh, It was because he thought that he had something. So that immediately, that immediate switch that made him grow gray hair within the span of you know <laughs> an, uh, uh, you know a year uh, i just didn't buy that but he's probably he's probably dying it or something um no the uh the it's the roy kent stuff that sells that for me um i I, I do think it's gradual and i do think that Basically, resentment is a powerful human emotion, and yeah. the I, and the way this show is dealing with the idea of resentment is is part of what I'm talking about with dealing with some really complex things, because it's not it's not that Nathan hates Ted; he resents what Ted is doing for someone else, for Roy Kent, because he's been there the whole time, and Roy has been this in his mind this terrible person. And why is and what he's doing is he's seeing his new father figure. He's all of a sudden putting him into the same category as his old father figure, as somebody who doesn't respect him, doesn't understand him because of his resentment. So I feel like the show, I mean, it's a TV show, so you're never going to get you know as much as you need uh, in those, those motions. Yeah. But I think over the season, it built pretty convincingly, um, and it added in the Keeley stuff as another part of that you know resentment is how she sees him and like he just he everybody sees him as he thinks everybody sees him as this loser and he's going to prove them wrong and he resents them for it so yeah well the the moment that gave me clarity from what you're saying andrew where i really bought into nathan's is where he's he's scrolling through twitter and he's seeing everybody talk so highly of him and he sees one tweet that Mm. says that he's not that he's a bad coach or he's he was a bad thing and he goes and he uh he flips out on Colin the yeah. new the new kit man yeah. that's the moment where I really realized like this isn't a Ted problem this is a Nathan has deep issues problem this is a person that can't withstand mm-hmm. what's going on yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's just if they focused more because I didn't buy the <coughs> hate t- 
towards Roy either. Because like Roy from the here's the problem, you know, we're coming into this with Ted Lasso. We're not having any prior knowledge of this club beforehand. So as soon as Ted shows up, Roy is like telling Jamie, hey, don't bully Nathan anymore. You know, he's like, don't mm. don't do that anymore. And if the, if he'd have shown if Ted had shown more love towards Jamie than he does towards Roy, I could buy that that growth because Nate or because Jamie was always horrible towards him. Right. So granted, I love this show so much. <laughs> yeah. And it's I think it's obvious that it's gonna be our pick, you know. But, uh, <laughs> well, we'll get there. Hey, who yeah. knows? Maybe I'll convince you with my number one. You know, yeah. who knows what's it going on? It hasn't been on any of it our hasn't been on yet. anybody's list, but who knows? Yeah. Um what do you no. got? Uh, my number one is Station Eleven coming in right under the wire. Um, I this is my favorite TV show since Watchmen. Uh, I, it oh. is it is the most complete and intricately uh, plotted show I've seen since then, and it makes me just uh, just want more shows like this where it's just like. It plays with the progression. It shows you stuff in. It jumps around in time, uh, much like Watchmen did. But it is so careful with the information it's giving you and when it gives you that information that it is answering the questions you want answered exactly when you need them answered. And I just, I absolutely dug this show. It is based on a book. Um, I don't know if, you know, from those in my life that have read the book that have watched this, they love the show too. Um, they're just more aware of maybe things that it changed, things that it did, the thematic stuff this is doing, the stuff about in this this about the power of art and why art is important even when the world seems to be ending is is just so meaningful and powerful to me. Um, it is it is a a incredibly told story about how incredible storytelling is. Uh, and I just, I absolutely dig it. Absolutely love it. And, you know, Mackenzie Davis is just incredible. Um, as anybody who has watched her in anything knows, uh, especially yeah. Halt and Catch Fire, um, uh, just incredible stuff. So yeah, Station Eleven is my, my number one, uh, nice. for 2021. And you are not wrong, uh, Andrew. I think it is an obvious pick considering we all four had it in our top five. Is that right? All top um, three at least. Top um, three. Yeah, you had it at three, Andrew. So Andrew yeah. had it at three. Uh, Robert and I had it at two, and Aaron had it at one. Ted Lasso, congratulations on the sifty for yeah. best television show of twenty twenty one. There you go. Um, we did it, guys. We woo, did a podcast. Woo. We did. Yeah, we did. We we did part one. A little more complete of a podcast than Dune is a complete movie, but uh, <laughs> but but there is yeah. there, <laughs> there is a part two uh, coming uh, at some point soon. Thank you so much for joining us for Sif Pop Today. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Big thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, of course. A big thanks to uh, producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Uh, thanks to Aaron and Robert. Uh, guys, thanks for being with yeah. us today. I guess we probably want to send people to sifpop.com. Uh, we talked about yeah. it a little bit before. Anything else you guys want to promote? Maybe the podcast or anything else that's uh, going on that you want to send people to? 
Yeah, I mean, just uh, Sif Pop Writers Room, also part of the Studio DNA Network. Uh, it's just a chance for uh, me to hang out with um, all the other Sif Pop writers so you can not only see their work, but hear their voice. And uh, Robert's on there once a month. We talk about some classics. Maybe we'll uh, we'll shoehorn in the um, the Last Picture Show sometime soon, since we were talking about nice, nice. Um, in the pre-show, Robert, uh, your YouTube channel's kind of doing some good stuff, right? Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, I do video essays on YouTube. Robert's thoughts is the channel. Um, yeah, I'm up to about 200 or so subscribers. Nice. It's fun to see support, fun to see people interacting with the videos. So, yeah, I'm going to keep that up if you want to go check out what I do. Very, very cool. Uh, so, yes, please check out both of those things. We appreciate it. Uh, you can also support what goes on here by being a Sif Pop member. Starts at $3 a month. Uh, you can check out all the fun perks at the different levels at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than agreeing on the most overrated movie of the year. Uh, we will be back <laughs> next week with part two of The Sifties, and we will see you then. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.